following is an 8TW After Dark presentation. It contains adult themes, situations, and language like and that we would normally use as a euphemism or not bring up. So if you're not an adult, or one of those adults who doesn't believe we have the right to act like adults among our own kind, off. Akadekaganagan, after dark. Chess Box Theater. This is my territory. It has been fought for hard, and it is mine. I will not allow you to interfere with my life again. The closest the Smallheads have come to my territory was decades ago when they were crazed in search of sparkling baubles in the earth. They built a mine on the outskirts of these woods, tried to bring gold up from below. By this time, I was already the last of my kind in the area, my fellows scattered to the four winds by small heads and their sport and their hunting and their taking without thinking of the balance we must always respect to survive. For years they pawed and sifted through the dirt, taking the gold they found until there was no more, and then abandoning those buildings they made. There were times I walked through the carcass that was left by the small heads, bemoaning the way it stood, decaying, a creation that meant nothing and would never mean anything. Until the young ones moved in. They were different from the small heads that built this moldering beast, even if some of them dressed as the ones who built this place did. They smelled differently. They spoke a variant of the language I learned from observing those first small heads that was strange. I acted against my instincts and moved closer, staying to the shadows, and observed. What'd I tell you, Free? This place would be perfect. This is far out. I don't even know if the man knows it's here. It's what we need, Grimy. A place where we won't be hassled. A place where we can build a society we want to build. Free of the constraints of the squares and the pigs. It'll get cold at night. That's why we got each other, baby. I'm not your baby, Ryan. And you don't have me. How many times I gotta tell you, it's grime, baby. I cast off the name given to me by society. <laughs> sure you did, grimy. That beef you had with the law down in Oregon had nothing to do with that. Hey, I was innocent. We believe you. This place is groovy, Daddy. Should we tell the others to come up? I don't see why not. Once we're done with it, this place will be the dawning of a new way of thinking, a new way of living. 
We will show the world that our way is the righteous way, Cloud Babe. I should have driven them out that very moment. My kind is long-lived, and I have learned how they misbehave. But these four seemed not to be the parasites like the ones I have encountered in the past. They talked of making something out of love, not hate or cruelty. Maybe the small heads had developed to a point where they and I can coexist. I think even at that point, some of the small heads were aware of my presence. Rainbow, what's wrong? Come on. The female with the hair of the setting sun hesitated, looked towards where I had been concealed. Like the small heads, her pelt was fine and almost invisible, but her stature tall and strong, with a shape that was soft and curving. Rainbow! You guys... You guys feel something? Babe, we gotta get back to the pad so we can plan this out. But what was drawing me to this small head was her eyes. They were the color of a clear spring. And there was fear, but something else. Something like wonder. Babe, we gotta go. What did I say about touching me? I'm coming. And I'm not your babe. I keep my distance as I saw this tribe bring supplies and tools and food. Together they worked to restore the ruins of that town. There were more than the four who had wandered into my territory. Easily two dozen or more, male and female with different skin and raiments of a dazzling array of colors and textures. Their presence brought a different light to my home. I felt better. But sometimes I could tell they suspected I was watching, especially the one with the sunset hair. This is paradise. I, I don't know, Cloud. <sighs> You're not gonna start telling ghost stories again, Rainbow. You can't tell me you don't feel something out there. Oh, please. You know what those doctors told you about your paranoia. I know what I'm feeling. It's just, just animals, deer, rabbits. It's not the boogeyman. But, uh... Stop being such a bummer, sis. Smoke some grass and mellow out. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, haven't you noticed? We haven't seen any animals hanging around here. Don't mean they're not here. They're animals. They know how to hide. I had noticed as well that the creatures I lived besides were becoming scarce. I had assumed they were scared of our new arrivals. As the small heads finished their efforts and settled into their new home, I noticed there were symbols. Sometimes they were carved in trees. Sometimes they were constructed out of twigs and hung in the air. The smell of blood was inescapable around them. I feared that the small heads were reverting back to their ways of barbarity. But they had to eat. Maybe it was only for sustenance. I knew it was not for sustenance when I found some of the small heads near one of the places of symbols. The leader of the tribe, the one called Freedom, was talking to some of his brethren, their words not those of comfort. 
You have to stop bothering Rainbow Grimes. Ah, she's too foxy, man. I can't help it. But she is marked for Anzu. Give her dingy sister to him. She's not the right age. If we offer Rainbow to him on the right day, at the right hour, we will be highly favored. We probably all look alike to him, man. Ages matter. Purity matters. He will know. There are plenty of chicks in the world, Grimy. After we've all been raised up by Anzu, you'll have your pick of them. None of them are going to be as hot as Rainbow, man. You see that body? Built for comfort. <laughs> Shut it! I've worked hard to get his attention and prepare for an incension into his service. I've searched too hard, given up too much, to make sure our offering will give us the maximum effect. Once we offer her up as a bride to the great and powerful bird of flame, we will have changed the world. Everything we've dreamed of, the complete purging of this crummy, fascist, pagan world order! It'll be ours. We'll be kings. Kings of a new era of enlightenment and peace. Don't mess this up! My hopes that these small heads would be different were dashed. I retreated deep into the caves I called my home and thought about the betrayal that was coming. I began to think of the one called Rainbow. The way her pelt shone in the sun. The way she smiled. The way she seemed to care for others. Most of these small heads were animals who fooled themselves into thinking they were something greater, who preyed upon their fellows and used it to justify their elevated opinions of themselves. But the one called Rainbow was different. I felt her compassion, her hope. She needed to be saved. I stayed in the shadows until she was alone. The small heads had been using a waterfall to the east to clean themselves. It was there I waited, hoping I could find her by herself so the small heads would not interfere. That morning, she stood in the waterfall, purifying her body and setting her mind at ease. Slowly, hesitantly, I approached. Who? Who's there? Ryan, if that's you... Oh, oh my god, what? Do not be afraid. Ah! I... And friend. It was the first time I had touched one of these small heads since the time of the mine. She was different from the grizzled, smelly ones who came here hunting, some of whom would try to kill me with their guns. This one was soft. This one did not smell of rot and disease and aging pelts. This one smelled... nice. When I held her, I tried to calm her. And all the while, I felt something inside me. Something that moved me to a different action. Stop it! I will not hurt. Be quiet, and I shall tell you why. You 
in danger. Of course I'm in danger. I'm being kidnapped by freaking Bigfoot. Come with me. <sighs> Quick. Hey! Ah! Rain, what's wrong? We go. Now. Put me down! She seemed so small in my arms, so delicate, and yet... I could feel the fire of life rushing through her as she fought against me. Looking into her eyes, I saw not fear, not anger, but defiance. It only made me want to keep her from the fate her treacherous, small-head friends had in store for her. Let go of me! Rainbow! Rainbow! I had the knowledge of my territory to my advantage. Rainbow. I took her to my cavern, retreating deeper than I usually do to keep us hidden. The sound of the outside echo until they became meaningless. You sit. Bring you food. Sit. Danger. I knew the small head would need warmth, would prefer that her food be cooked. I made flame, brought her some meat from a rabbit. I did not eat much meat, but I knew the small heads preferred it. I gave her the pelt of a bear that I had slain from before the mine was built that commemorated the first time I had to defend my home from a predator. She looked so small as I wrapped it around her form, more child than adult. For a long time, we said nothing. You... You have to let me go. Will not hurt. I... I believe that, really. But I can't stay here. They'll be looking for me. They... will kill. That's right. I, I believe you don't want to hurt me, but they'll think the worst. You don't deserve to die. Not kill me. You... in danger. Will not... let you... be hurt. Did you... Did, did you make these drawings? She was looking at the records of my race, which we were taught to memorize by our parents. I explained, as best I could, our history, what each of the pictures meant. I moved closer as she listened to my tale, and I could not help but notice that she was actually listening, was trying to understand what I had to say. Her hair seemed to catch reflections from the fire, her skin now having a soft, sunset glow. You've lived here for... forever. Not forever. We live... long time. Many of... your kind... live... die... before we... pass on. She reached to run her fingers across some of the records. There was a change in her eyes. You must be so lonely. I am used to being alone. Don't you wish you were with, you know, others of your kind? What was I to tell her? Do I tell her how I have forgotten what it was like to be one among others? To not be without companionship? To be treated as foreign and alien by those other beings I encountered, and threatened with death out of fear or worse, 
a thirst for sport for decades. I knew this small head was still frightened and confused. She was already struggling to understand that her fellow beings, beings she trusted, were planning on killing her. I did not wish to burden her with further worries. Instead, I told her of the things I have seen in my long existence. Told her of watching seeds grow into the mightiest of trees. Of how I had watched that town they now occupied had grown out of rock, soil, and fauna due to determination and desire from her kind. Of the sunrises glimpsed through the filtering clouds of volcanic ash and songs from birds that no longer existed. I tried to speak of the things that kept me living as a way of avoiding the idea of my own solitude. She listened, the pelt wrapped around her, the flames reflected in her clear eyes. There was a moment where we were both silent, the only sound the crackling of the fire. She moved closer until she was against my chest. Her hand, so small, so cold, ran through my fur. I've lived in cities my whole life. I knew there was something for me out there. Something better than steel and concrete and noise. I ran away from home looking for that something. I headed north, my sister Cloud and I. Freedom. He promised me he'd help me find my destiny. You've lived the life I want. Maybe... Maybe he did find me my destiny. We... are different. You and I. That's for me to decide. She reached up and pressed her lips to mine. They were warm and soft and created new longings in me. I felt her hand, so small, but no longer cold, running through my pelt. My arm wrapped around her as she sloughed off the skin I had given her for warmth. She moved against me, her flesh still chilled by the waterfall. We moved towards each other, finding ways for our forms, so different, from different times, to fit together. Even though we were not the same, we moved to the same primal rhythms that unite all creatures on Earth. The modern and the primeval, finding the place where they were one and the same. For the first time, in a long time, maybe ever, I did not feel alone. All things end. It is the nature of this world. And as we reached the heights of our unity, felt our animal needs overwhelm each other, we reached our end. Still holding each other, we sank down into the warm dark for a reward of blissful oblivion. And just as sleep claimed us, I heard in the forest beyond our sanctuary. Rainbow! Throughout my slumber, I was aware of her body against mine. It was only when the pressure of her was removed that I started to stir. It was only when I heard her... Let go of me! ...that I opened my eyes. There were several of them. I recognized the girl's sister was amongst them. Her eyes were filled with questions and uncertainty as they went from me to her and to the one I heard called Grimy. Leave You should be grateful we found you. It smells like cow shit here. Get off me! You guys are supposed to be, like, gentlemen. Give her a coat. What is that thing? I, I think it's Bigfoot. I rose, but the one called Grimy was fast. 
I wouldn't do that, Nagila. Are you alright? Don't hurt him, Ryan. Don't call me that! That thing don't look too happy. Kill the thing! What? Ryan, don't you dare! Freedom told us the hour's coming fast. Ryan, don't! You got soft on this monster? Think you can keep him as a pet? Hey, 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 big guy. Don't give up on my account. What do you mean the hour is coming? You like this animal, Bo? Like him better than me? Maybe I should put some double eye in his skull. I sat there in a partial crouch. I was familiar with this weapon, and I knew I might survive it, but I would be seriously hurt. Instead, I stared at the craven small head rodent with all of my fury. I could have told him that his life was near its end, that I would tear him into pieces for pulling us apart. He pushed the weapon against my forehead and I smacked it aside. I did not feel the pain at first. I was enraged that this man would steal what I had found. But slowly, the sensation of hot slivers sank deep into my flesh. Impulses of agony raced all over my body and into my brain. I stumbled backwards, my form hitting the wall. Come on, boys. Let's get out of here. Anzu awaits. What? Anzu? You stay right there and bleed out, King Kong. You're going out to date with the real thing. I did not try to speak to them. They did not deserve to hear the voice that I had used to communicate with the One. But as they retreated, her struggling in the one called Grimes's grip, her eyes looking at me with sorrow and pleading, I managed to talk through the pain and the rich smell of my own blood. I looked directly into Grimes's eyes, made sure he knew this message would be personal. Will destroy you. I drifted between sleep and wakefulness, my vision clouded with red sparks and black smoke. I cannot say how long I lay there against the wall of my dwelling. Thoughts that this was the time of my passing, and I wept silently at the thought I would end my existence only after finding a unity with another soul. On the edge of my fading senses, I sensed one of the small heads returning. At first, I thought it was the one called Rainbow. It was female, and its scent was similar to hers. But that scent was more youthful than the one I united with. Cloud? Shh, don't talk. I brought you some medicine and bandages. They've got my sister locked away. I know they think I don't pay attention, but I hear things. They're going to kill her. Oh, they use different words like offer and sacrifice, but I know what they mean. They're, they're crazy. You and her, I think you've got some sort of connection, and I need your help to get her out of here. I, I, I don't want her to die. She quickly dressed my wounds. Here, take this. It'll help. I drank what was offered. The pain became a dull ache. The stiffness melted away. I did not tell this cloud that I was far from my full power. 
I did not want her to think I could not help her. After a short period, I rose. Will you help me free my sister? Yes. I took her hand. I let her lead me out of my dwelling. Let her feel like she was in control. Someone had to be. It had become night. As we made it closer to the place where her tribe was, I could hear drums in the distance. In my delirium, I imagined the drums in my weakened heart joining together so that they beat in time. The lights of the fires these small heads had made cast shadows of crimson on the forest. I heard their voices raised in a language I did not recognize. Somehow, I knew these words were from before we had scattered. Words spoken by beings as far removed from me as I was to the small heads. Oh, Anzu, we bid you come. We hold open our arms and welcome. We are eager to learn from the Tablets of Destiny and rebuild this world into a paradise. Come! Come! The small heads gathered in a circle. Like them, the one called Freedom was naked and standing before a stone slab. The flames painting his flesh with swaths of orange and yellow. Tied to the slab was Rainbow. They had adorned her flesh with strange symbols that changed as she struggled against the bonds. Freedom held out a knife of a familiar ivory substance, its edge dripping with the blood of the torn apart rabbits and smaller animals at his feet. I looked at Cloud. You, stay here. Get real. That's my sister out there. You, free her. I will deal with freedom. They stared at me. Slowly they began to speak in whispers to each other. My gaze fell on the one called Freedom. Free her! Leave this place! It's that monkey boy! I thought we killed him! Free her! You do not belong here, animal. I belong here. You not. Help me! Don't you dig, man? We're doing this for your kind. The system, the man has turned this world into shit. They're choking the life out of it with their fascist hatred and greed. This world we were gifted by the cosmic powers has been choked with pollution, the ground poisoned with pesticide, and stabbed by mining industries and litter, and us being just, just selfish jerks! Anzu stole the tablets of destiny for us, man! 
Using them, we'll reshape this place into one where we'll all live in harmony. You, me, every living thing united in a magnificent biomass attuned with the universe. But you will kill her. What's one life, man? If we can't transform this world into Elysium, what's one little life? Snuff this thing out. This is bunk, Freedom. Why are you talking to this thing? We outnumber this gorilla. Get him! Like all small heads, they mistook numbers for skill. They rushed me like a wave, not realizing that I have moved through waves far more powerful than this. I let them attack and reacted instinctively. I felt their bones snap under my fists. I allowed my rage, a rage that I contained for eons, go free. I proudly let the spill of the small head's bloods lift my warrior spirit up. My wounds, my aches, were forgotten in the rage of combat. But throughout my revels, the one called Freedom continued his spell. Azu! We give you this offering! We plead for your knowledge! We plead for your guidance! We beg you to teach us! Anzu! We beg you, come! The chilling cry seemed to echo across the sky, like it was echoing from another world. The ground seemed to shake. Tendrils of fear slowly slid into my head as I recognized that this new arrival was from a time before we walked this earth freely, from something primeval. Something that dominated this orb, but no longer belonged. Something monstrous. Enzu, we greet you. We welcome you. Hail Enzu! It descended to Earth. It was a bird, but not. The creature had a crude vestigial human face, with a horny protuberance in the place of a beard. It glowed brightly, its feathery growth ending in little small flames and smoke. Strange symbols were etched all over its squat, wide bodies, symbols I did not recognize, and made my head hurt to look at directly. It landed before freedom, its feet looking more like feet ending in long talons. I could see that Cloud had made her way to Rainbow, and was in the process of freeing her sister. But the appearance of this... this intruder from elsewhere had stunned the both of them into stillness. Freedom fell to his knees, his face showing the fervor of a fanatic lost in his own zeal. Oh hell, great Anzu, keeper of fate, hierophant of knowledge, the shining light of intelligence. What have you brought me, worm? As prescribed by the sacred text, we have prepared this maiden, pure and untouched, for you to make your bride. What? What is that? What is that thing? I'm not marrying that! Look! She has been prepared for matrimony. Your spawn will carry forth your reign for ages! This is the offering! Yes! Yes! Take her and bless us with your knowledge! It stared at Rainbow, its head cocked to one side. I began to move forward. The fear kept interfering with my actions, making me hesitate. 
It shifted its weight from one foot to the other, its wings wrapped around itself. It is not pure! What? But... but we made sure she was pure. She's never been with another man ever! Who said the one who violated her was human? Yeah. I'm afraid I got a boyfriend. But who? She belongs to me! You... you fucked that thing? That thing is more of a man than you'll ever be. Please. Please. Great Anzu! Hey! Let go of her! Take her! Yes, I know her age doesn't match the holy numbers, but she's close enough! You could use her however you want while I find an appropriate replacement. You you could eat her for all I care. This land belongs to me. <laughs> the demon dug its talons into my flesh. Its wings beat faster, lifting me up off the ground. I did not let fear stop me fighting for her and her sister. Once more, my rage soared, and I let it because it was the only weapon I could use. I showed my teeth as I prevented it from flying further. I could not tell if it was a smile or a grimace. I could smell my flesh burning. I could feel threads of unbelievable pain rushing through my entire body. I looked to the nearest tree. No! No! Let him live! This is the Keeper of Destiny, monster! You are nothing next to him! Nothing! Just what I was thinking about you. Rain, we gotta get out of here. The whole place is going up. I'm not leaving. I belong here. My spirit was fading away. My flesh crinkled with each moment. Patches of skin blackened with the fire. I was vaguely aware of how the forest around me was becoming an inferno due to our struggles with each other. We were both wounded, and I felt the need to surrender. But I would not. The stakes of this battle meant too much to me. So I fought on, and I did not realize the danger I had put the women in. If we wait, we won't be able to get out, Rain, please! No. It's because of us they're fighting. I can't leave him. He wouldn't leave. Uh, uh, Rain! I think I felt it more than saw it. I turned my head to see Rainbow collapsed on the floor. Slowly, a brighter crimson flowed through her pelt the color of a sunset. I do not know where the strength came from. I do not know if I will ever have it again. But I knew I could not be locked in combat anymore. I grabbed this beast from before my time, my fingers and nails digging into the symbols etched within its chest. I felt something like blood flowing from its broken skin, something that scalded my hands and caused me to cry out. And I ripped it to pieces. Ah! 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 
too. You girls preferred that freak to me, did you? You really hurt her. Just like I'm going to hurt... I grabbed him like a naughty bear cub by the scruff of his neck. His weapon clattered to the ground. I looked into his eyes. He looked so small, so fragile, which only made me think about how hurt Rainbow was. I knew on some level that I was in pain, that my life was slowly easing out of my body, but I refused to acknowledge it. He struggled in my grip. Let go! This is my land. Fuck you. I'll kill you. You don't deserve to live. That was my woman. Ah! A simple swing of my arm. That was all it took. She, she's all I got. She, she can't leave me alone. I wanted to lie down. I wanted to answer the call of the other side. I knew many of my kind waited there for me. The pain was slowly seeping into every portion of my body. Do you know of this hospital? There's a few miles down the interstate. The road, it's just over the rise. Then she will not leave us. I lifted her in my arms. She felt lighter than the last time I did so, as if something vital had already left her. I tried to will whatever life I had to her, to keep her from dying. I let Cloud lead me once more. I focus on her, and not the weakening of my own limbs, not the slowing of my heartbeat. Hey! Hey! Someone stop! She ran into the road frantically, arms waving. A long vehicle similar to the ones I have seen when I dared venture to the limits of my territory squealed to a stop. My sister's not okay. No, I really need your help. I need you. She's, she's really not doing okay. And I need the small head in the vehicle was shaken by my appearance. Can you please help me? But not the little one that sat inside the metal box. His eyes were filled with wonder as he beheld me. I bared my teeth. It could have been a grimace of pain. But I think it was one of approval for this precious young lady. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're gonna save her life. Yeah, yeah, sure. I've got a CB. You can call ahead. Thank you. I handed Rainbow to Cloud, carefully, as if she was a baby bird that had fallen out of the nest. With the small head's help, they bundled her into the vehicle. Cloud turned and took my hand. I withdrew from her grip. You gotta come. You're hurt too. She had no fear. She accepted me as one of her tribe. Even as the darkness crawled along the corners of my vision, I felt my heart lighten. I also recalled the violence I had unleashed earlier and felt ashamed. You get her help. I want you to be there, you know, when she wakes up. You belong there. I do not.
go. Be happy. Live. Come back. Come back. I did not look back. I slept a long time. I took what seemed like a whole other life to heal. But heal I did. The old town freedom had used as his camp was burned to the ground, along with a large swath of my territory. I did the best I could to help the plants grow back, help the animals survive. I knew I would not be welcome in her world. Surely she would find a small head to love, someone who could move easily through the forest of steel and glass they call home. I knew where my home was. This is my territory. It has been hard fought for, and it is mine. Live your life elsewhere. You've been listening to Beauties and the Beast, an original audio play written by Thomas DJ and performed by the Akadekagonagon Theater Group. Beauties and the Beast was inspired by the VHS box for the 1974 film The Beauties and the Beast. Be careful, sis. We're not as young as we once were. Thank God. I'm not as gullible either. You're really going through with this? Yeah. You don't have to come. (laughs) You are so wrong on that count, Rain. So, what are we looking for here? You wouldn't believe us. (laughs) Yeah. Let's go get my boyfriend. Michael Bailey was the Sasquatch, Lauren A. Kennedy was Rainbow, Thomas DJ was Freedom, David Ellis was Grimes, Nicole Tompty was Cloud, and Luke Giaconetti was Anzu. Additional voices were done by Vanessa Van Zare, Eugene R. Hendricks, Pamela Jean Agalus, and the cast. Sound design was by Chris Honeywell. Music was by Jim Moon and the Eldritch Light Orchestra. Additional music was composed by Shane Iver. Please visit him at SilvermanSound.com. If you enjoyed this audio play, we invite you to visit us at akadekagonagon.blogspot.com for news on upcoming projects. The production is copyright 2021 by the Akadekagonagon Theater Works, all rights reserved. Until next time, good night!